my goodness, I am so excited that you are here. I'm so excited that I am here. Welcome to the interview series where this is Legend to Legend. And so for those of you who have not been here before, it is that time again. So grab your Legend Pack, crank your speakers to 11. Welcome to Legend. And today on this particular interview series, we will be talking to Anne Hill. And so much of this conversation gets to be about the dreams and the visions of what these people who are clearly becoming legend, um, what, what they know is their message, their story, their movement, and why they know that it is absolutely destined to become something even greater than themselves. So Anne, welcome to Legend of the Legend. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, and thank you for having me. It is such a thrill. I got to meet you in Wisconsin. I'm from Utah. You're from Colorado. And here we are deciding that we need, had to go to Wisconsin to meet. Which right. Is yeah. <laughs> I, I think we were in Denver at the same time before that. Yeah, actually, we were. Yeah. <laughs> but it took a trip to Wisconsin for us to actually connect and engage. And I'm just thrilled. I just you're one of those people that I'm like, yay, I'm keeping her forever. So, I'm, so thank you for coming to play. Yeah, of course. Um, Likewise for you too. I, I think <laughs> that we, we definitely bonded in Wisconsin. I, I just, and for how, considering how close I came to not going that, <laughs> and just being so tickled that I did, that it just, it just makes me really happy. Plus I met somebody who loves potatoes almost as much as I do, which is really cool. true. <laughs> potatoes and cheese and like, oh, we have to go to Wisconsin now. <laughs> So because I want to talk to you a little bit about who you are and what you're creating in the world, but I also want to understand more about what you do in your business. So talk to me and talk to the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you serve in your business. Yeah. So I, um, as you mentioned, am a business owner. I own Hilltop Operations and Consulting, and I started this business about um, about four years ago, three, four years ago now. Oh, yeah. Four years ago. Wow. Time flies. Um, <laughs> so um, I started the business about four years ago. And when I started it, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. In fact, I never even really wanted to be an entrepreneur. But um, I my background is physical therapy. And I had gotten to a stage where I had um, two kids, young kids at home, and was like, I am so burnt out with the healthcare industry. There has to be something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was the primary breadwinner at that time, making a good salary as a physical therapist, as a rehab manager, and was like, what can I do? I'm, I have to figure out some way to still use my degree is what kept popping into my head. Um, I came across a program that was about being a virtual assistant and starting your own business. And I was like, okay, let's, let's give that a shot and see what this is all about. Um, quickly realized though, that being a virtual assistant was not quite what I wanted to do. I really wanted to still have a little bit more like ownership, I guess, and a little bit more of a higher level kind of overall strategy with the businesses I was working with. So when I come in and work with businesses now, um, I, I, I'm a certified director of operations. And what we really do is we come in and we help, um, systemize and streamline the back end of the business for clients, uh, that we work with. Um, and then we also help to make sure that they have the right players on their team um, doing the right things to actually make the business move and and continue to go forward. So a lot of it is in that kind of management role of of making sure that things are happening, following up, and um, and then also helping to really systemize things so that the business owner does actually have the ability to step away from the business, take a vacation, take a day off, and things will continue to move forward. 
oh my goodness, what is this dream that you speak of? (laughs) (laughs) I know that there are so many entrepreneurs who really can't, can't shut off, can't walk away, can't go on vacation, can't breathe. And I also know sometimes because of lack of, and sometimes because my coach drilled it into me, that systems can change your life. They are just absolutely game changing. Yes. So as you're stepping in, like, talk to me a little bit about if you're working with an entrepreneur, do you work with great big corporations or what's your favorite place to come in and say, okay, this is so completely what I do that like I found my ideal (laughs) client. Like this is my Huckleberry. This is my jam. So they're typically small businesses, um, typically not corporations. Usually it's kind of that two to 10 team member side of things. Um, Usually it's, they have the, the business owner, a team member, and potentially just either starting to bring on the third team member or third person in the group, or, um, or potentially already have a couple of those people in place. And there's this interesting thing that happens. There's a couple different stages in business, I guess I would say. There's the initial stage of the solopreneur that's doing everything um, because they have to. It's just how it starts. <laughs> You're doing everything. And then there's they they really finally realize they can start to delegate some things, start to get some things off of their plate. So they bring on one team member. And it works well, like you're able to, whether you truly have quote unquote systems in place or whether you don't, just two people, things are fine still because it's just the two of you. Either You either know you did it or you're checking with the team member on it. But as soon as that third person comes in the mix, Mm. chaos happens because they're like, wait a minute, we don't have a system and you need to know that too. And wait a minute, I didn't tell you that you were doing this. And I I thought I communicated (laughs) and wait, what? And so there's just this Uh, mess that happens once you start to bring on that third person. And some of those quote, those simple systems that you might think you had in place initially, or you might've thought they were simple systems um, that you had in place, they, they just don't work. Once you have that third person in there, the fourth person and start to build from there. And so I like to come in and clean up a little bit of that mess and help start to look at some of that structure and really put it together in a way that not only does everybody know what their roles and their responsibilities are, um, but they also know what those repeatable processes are that should be happening. And then also look at ways that some of it can be automated to help people, people be more efficient with what they're doing. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think one of the biggest problems that I know I faced early on was, no, there is a system. Oh, it's in my head. So that's not helpful. Right, right. <laughs> oh, it has to be shareable. And then you mentioned two repeatable actions, right? Repeatable yes, systems. Of yes. That's the ticket. That's where it doesn't, everything doesn't take 80 hours. Every time you do it, you well, can actually create something that works. Yeah. And the other thing that I recently um, actually went through with a client that I was working with um, was she was like, but it, it's customized. Like sometimes this happens, sometimes that happens. And I'm like, Okay, I, I get that. Of course, we want even what I do with clients, I customize what I do with right. them. Sure. But there are just some standards of kind of phases that we know this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Um, for instance, especially kind of in that marketing media side of things, if you if you create websites, you know that there's going to be certain stages of things that you need to have. Absolutely. You know you need content, you know you need images, you know you need so many pages, and you know, you know, kind of a simple layout. So you can start to put some of the processes as to how you get that information together. So there's ways that, that even though, yes, a website is going to be customized for one client versus the other, there's still going to be some very, I guess, um, basic concepts of putting that together that are going to be the same across the board. That makes sense. 
that's where I like to come in. And and I like to help people realize that they have these processes and that they have yeah. these kind of phases <laughs> and stages of what they do. Right, right. You can personalize it. You just don't have to start from scratch every time. Right. It's all exactly. good. Like you can do this. So this actually brings me to think because of what I do, because I'm a branding strategist, I <laughs> yeah, of course great... went and looked at your brand. And after speaking with you a little bit, um, I'm one of those people who I'm so not a sports person, like not even a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like to watch the games, I had <laughs> friends that were on the sports teams, you know, the go team, the run, run, tackle ball. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so much more of a drama and debate nerd, but looking at your brand, there's so much, but that is sports related. I mean, the, the thing that you give out to people to get them warmed up, it's a playbook. And in there, it's, you know, what are your, what's your game plan? What are the flags on the field? And and I don't know enough of the sports to even talk about (laughs) it. So that to me is so your persona coming out and coming forward. How did you decide that of all the things that are who you are? And then I also see some of that, that's the physical therapist, right? You talk about rehabbing a business. So you're not going to create it. You're just going to come in and say, oh, assess the situation and then let's change it. Let's fix it. Let's get it going so you can get back out on the field this way. See, look at that. There was a metaphor that I actually, yes, <laughs> I landed good, that one. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been working on that one. So how did you decide that that was a piece of your persona that was going to come out? How did you decide, you know what, this makes sense to me more than talking super hyper rehab. You went to the sports metaphors. How did you decide to do that? What What's behind that? Um, Honestly, I don't know how much I actually decided to do that versus as I was talking with people, it's something that I found everybody can, especially people that I I used to follow and still do follow for some of them, um, that, you know, those were similarities. I was noticing common themes and common trends as to who I liked to listen to, who I liked Mm -hmm. to learn from, um, who I was, um, you know, talking with even Um, whether they were business owners or even just networking and that sort of thing. Um, There's a lot of sports stuff that is around. Um, I mean, heck, I'm going to Arizona for spring training in March and for baseball. And, you know, like whether somebody's a baseball fan or not, like they're going to have an understanding of of sports. And so there's there are some basics that come with sports and also most sports that I played have teams. And so I can very quickly mm. think of like a coach versus a captain versus a player on the team versus, you know, and having all of these different levels and all of these different layers um, that you have there. And it just seems to be what uh, so many people that I talk to um, understand very easily okay. and can go, oh, yeah, I remember when I did this or I remember when yeah. my son did that or I remember when they taught me this in PE or, you know, something where there's, there's a correlation that they can make and be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I'm like, even I, I'm like, wait, I know team. I know. Right. Right. I know story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, that, and that makes sense to be able to find something that is so who you are, but being able to speak it in a way that relates to your people is huge. I yeah. Mean, touchdown, home run, something like right, right. <laughs> some kind of a win, right? How do we score? How do we win? (laughs) How does this work? (laughs) So with all of that in mind, who do you consider yourself to be in a business when you come in and help them set up their systems and get some of it automated and clean it up so that it isn't all 100% tailored and custom and and from scratch every time? Are you the coach? Are you the ref? Are you like the physical therapist on the side? Are you the, what what position do you play then? (laughs) 
I think um, I, that's an interesting question. I actually, I guess I've never really thought about it like that. <laughs> I don't consider myself a coach um, because I want to be in doing and not, I guess all coaches have kind of different categories of where they feel that right. they sit with things. Um, in my mind, coaches are a lot of the tell me what to do. And that's what I'll do type thing. Like that's what a coach is going to tell me what to do. Um, I think back of when I played soccer, that guy, there were times when I loved my coach. There were times when I hated them, when they told us to run X amount of miles. And I was like, right. no, um, but <laughs> Hence the debate nerd. We never yeah. have to run back, ever. <laughs> so, um, so I think back to coaches being like, okay, I'm going to teach you what needs to be done. And I'm going to tell you what needs to be done, but I'm not going to be out there doing it with you. Um, and I, on the other hand, come into businesses more and I'm going to teach you what needs to be done. And a lot of times there is a little bit of coaching that kind of needs to go with it, especially in the strategy side. Um, but the business owner needs to number one, make the decisions because they're the business owner. Um, I'll give them my opinion, but they need to truly be the one to make the decisions on it. And then also I will be in there doing the work too. So, um, there is a side of jumping in. So it's probably more in that kind of captain side of it where I, because there's the moving and shifting of pieces and and managing team members and, and that side of it too, that comes into play. So um, probably more of that kind of team captain. Do you stay in there for a long time? Or is it like, you're the ringer, like they bring you in, you excel at this, you're going to do all your magic. And then you kind of step back out of the way. So ultimately my goal is to work myself out of the business. My goal is not to stay in it long-term because as a business is growing there, well, I guess there's two sides of it. There's number one, as a business is growing, there comes a point in time when truly somebody is more of a full-time person needs to be in there. um, And that needs to be their sole focus. Um, And then there's also the, there's three, I guess maybe four, I I guess I'll say four, if I include the strategy side too, there's really four phases that I really am coming in and focusing on. Um, And once those things are nailed and ironed out, I I help teach team members how to manage it. Um, And I'll help them teach their team and train their team um, so that they don't have to continue to have me in there. Um, So my goal is not to be in a business long-term. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think that's one of those things that definitely separates you as, or from even like a, I mean, you do consulting, but it's not, let me come and be your on-site consultant for the next 10 years. Like I said, I I love the idea of I'm going to work myself out of a job. I'm going to make sure your systems are in place. And then I believe you even help with hiring and selecting that candidate. So, I mean, if you could hire somebody to come in and do what you're, you know, run the systems that you created for them. I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. And I know, I know that businesses are going to um, so benefit from what you're creating for them. I think that's amazing. And if you can talk to them like a human being, I mean, I know consultants who have come in <laughs> in my corporate positions and I'm like, oh my goodness, just shoot us now. Like this is just, I'm I'm not going to sleep for the next month while this consultant sits here and has all these terrible recommendations, <laughs> <laughs> everything that we're doing. Um, and partially because they have to speak like this authority. And so there's no human side of a consultant, right? Well, but, yeah. But listening to you talk and, and and using the metaphor of the sports and the teams, all that already, I'm like, okay, so not your typical consultant at all. Like this, you're this human being who cares about what's going on and doesn't need to stick around forever. I think there are some differences in the side also with that corporation versus more of the, mm-hmm. the smaller business that I'm typically working with also, because um, I, I mean, I've 
been in it. I am in it. I'm a small business owner myself. So, um, you know, I'm not removed so many steps removed from the people actually executing and implementing. Um, I am doing it. My team is doing it. Um, we're helping businesses do it. So, you know, we're still very much involved in that execution side. Whereas a lot of times with the corporate roles, I can remember having consultants come into, and it's like, you've been X amount of layers removed from, actually right. being here I don't know how much right. I want to listen to your opinion right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly you're, you're more of the peanut gallery than anybody who knows what's going on so thanks so much bye-bye now <laughs> so, so yeah. when, you, when you work with all this you said you've been in business for about four years but you've done this kind of thing before how does this impact I mean is it affected by the fact that you're raising a couple of these wild fabulous boys or do you talk about business with them do they hear you talk about gameplays and strategies like that do they associate it with sports with your business I don't think they do too much right now they're six and nine at the moment so um I do have actually my nine-year-old though he's already like okay so how can I create a program where I'm going to teach people how to make RC or build RCs and and drive oh. RCs and all this stuff and I'm thinking in my head like this whole entrepreneurial like <laughs> journey that I would go through there so, um, so I, I think, I guess in some ways they're probably hearing more than I, I think they do. Um, but, oh, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we'll see where it goes as he, you know, starts to get a little bit older. And, um, oh, I have a it. nephew that apparently has um, built out some, a website and got in trouble at school for it, but, um, oh. it, yeah, it was a whole, <laughs> a whole big thing there. at their school, but, <laughs> But I, my sister told me about it being like the, oh my gosh, look what my son did. And I thought, oh my gosh, look, he's an entrepreneur. I should get in touch with him. <laughs> so. I, I really do think that entrepreneurs are a different species. Like we, <laughs> Our brains don't think the same way as anybody else. I mean, my spouse is not an entrepreneur and he loves me and he's my biggest cheerleader. But there's some times when he's like, yeah, I don't understand what you're... I, well, how are you... Why are you thinking that way? How are you thinking that way? Right. So I think the way our brains work is so so completely different than regular people <laughs> than normal people <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think everything it just makes us think a little different um well who says we're not the normal ones <laughs> that's a really good my daughter always says normal is boring who wants to be normal I'm like you are such a sweet girl <laughs> you are so right way to take that and make it positive I love it I love it um now I mentioned that you and I bonded in part I mean, not just always, but in part over potatoes and cheese. And when cheese I get curds, in trouble, to be exact. cheese curds. Oh, yes. Let's be specific. Cheese <laughs> curds and homemade tater tots that were like clusters of hash browns with cheese. And yeah. cheese. Oh, my goodness. With, I think, oh cheese goodness. in them, too, weren't they? Like, didn't Yes. It? <laughs> oh, yes. There was cheese. There was so I mean, we're in Wisconsin, but wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let there be cheese. Um, and I, when I travel, especially when it's not for work, I have a tendency to seek out food like I will go to in fact I took my spouse we went to New Orleans specifically so we could try some of the food specifically oh, wow. so we could try some of the cuisine so tell me this what is your favorite like all-time this is my celebratory food or this is my I'm not I'm having a bad day so this is my comfort food and do you eat it alone or do you take someone with you do you dress up or is this like I'm celebrating in my jammies and nobody else gets to have this. Or is it, okay, come one, come all. I'm having a bad day. I'm dressed up. Like, what does that look like for you? Do you have a comfort food or a celebratory food? Hmm. I I mean, I definitely have different types of food that are my favorite. So like, 
we do a lot of Mexican food. We do a lot Mm. of um, Italian food. Well, not quite so much anymore because it tends to incorporate a lot of pasta and um, my husband does. Well, both of us over the last few years have tried to limit the pasta and and carb intake and all of that, but, (laughs) um, but potatoes and all that doesn't help much with that either, but uh, (laughs) Um, but Mexican food, uh, cheese, you know, che- it usually has cheese yeah. on it, nachos and cheese and that right. sort of thing, um, yeah. are probably some of our big go-tos. So, you know, whether it is a comfort food or whether it is a celebratory type thing, um, it probably is more, probably Mexican is probably what we do the most. Um, is that something you grew up with or is that something the two of you just kind of created and incorporated in your own family? <laughs> we both just love it. So we just do that. Um, oh, chips and salsa, nachos, like that sort of stuff. Um, I, you know, it, what it is, is it, <laughs> this will go back to the sports. It's like the food that you have before, like for sports events and it sports is. games and it's that sort game of thing. Day food. Yeah, oh that's gosh. exactly what it is. It's your, <laughs> it's your food that you prep for the Super Bowl. It's like those snack food type oh, things. Oh, I love um, it. So yeah, I love it. See, I grew up. My family's from Texas, and so I grew up with like hardcore Mexican food, like salsa that burns oh, like, your eyes, kind of. Yeah, Mexican yeah. Food. And then when I met my spouse, he came from a family that would put ketchup on their tostadas and stuff like that instead of salsa. So he didn't like salsa. Oh. We've corrected that behavior <laughs> <laughs> together. I didn't train him. I just was like, you should try some of this. He comes to my mom's house, and she's like, here's some salsa. It's really good. There's no ketchup <laughs> in the house. So that's why I wondered if it was like, this is a first generation, like, do your kids help? I guess they're probably just better to get into that place where they can do much more than put olives on their fingers, right? Right, right. Yeah, they do like to (laughs) help. My husband has always been the one that cooks. I have not been the one that cooks. Um, I don't know why, for whatever reason, I never wanted to cook even young, younger times. My mom, you know, would be like, okay, come on, let's come in the kitchen and help. And I'm like, yeah, no. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go practice my soccer. I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to go here instead. And um, and I got fortunate. My husband loves to cook. And so he does the cooking. And my kids, though, they do love to go in and, and help cook. You know, they'll help make things. Um, one, the nine-year-old makes his own, <clears throat> excuse me, makes his own eggs in the morning and, um, oh my likes to make mac and cheese. He does a few different things. Like he's learning the stovetop type stuff. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. excellent. Stove top safety. It's critical. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't make my own eggs in the morning. I don't usually eat eggs in the morning, but I don't, I don't think I make my own. My husband it's is usually, also a cook. It's usually weekends. Like he's not doing that before school in the morning. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, on the weekends, sometimes even for dinner, he'll, he'll be like, can I have some eggs? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> eggs, eggs are like, especially a dippy egg. It's one of the most perfect sauces other than tomato sauce, like tomatoes and the juice they're in. I think a dippy egg is one of the most perfect sauces for all food. And it actually goes really good on potatoes, just so you know. There you go. And we're back to the potatoes. Can I? We have a theme. Before I let you go, and thank you so much for coming to play. I I just, I'm excited to hear more about what you're creating this year, and I cannot wait to see what you create. Please, please, if there was one thing that you could tell your idol client, your, your businesses that you're working with or businesses that you aren't working with yet, is there one piece of advice that you could be like, if you would just do this, life would be easier, business would go better, you wouldn't need me as badly, or maybe it's even, and then you would understand why you need me so badly and you should hire me sooner than later. <laughs> What's your one piece of advice? I would say um, 
know that you, you do have a process, even if you don't think you have a process, even if you think it's very customized, you do have a process and, and don't be afraid to start jotting things down. Um, you know, there's that, the whole concept of, of SOPs and standard operating procedures and that sort of thing. And, um, it can be a fear factor for some business owners that they want nothing to do with them. Um, but the more that you can even just start to jot things down, and it can be a living, breathing document too. It does not have to be set in stone that because you wrote it three years ago, that's the way it has to stay. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. Um, but having something down and knowing that it can change if you're, if things need to change um, in your business is probably one of the big pieces that I would say um, will help as you are growing is, is just start to put some things, either make videos or put it down on paper or um, type it up on a Google doc. I mean, it can, it can be created any way you want, but whatever works easiest for you, but just, just start putting some things together. I love that. Get it out of your head. People, you cannot hire a team effectively and run a business effectively. You can't, you can't get to a million dollars by yourself. Like that's just physically, mathematically, logistically impossible. You can get get to to six figures by yourself, but you can't get to seven by yourself. (laughs) You can totally get to start six figures by yourself. You want to keep on growing. You've got to have team, you've got to have systems. And so that has to be out of your head. I love it. Everybody, you have a process. And if you do not have a process, then be sure you reach out to Anne and she will help you understand where your process points are, clean them all up and get them systematized so you can start making money and leveraging your your skill set. (laughs) And thank you again so much for coming. For all those of you who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Go be amazing, create something greater than yourselves. And as always, rock on.